Bible told, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. It's the most set-apart time of the year. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. In our last podcast, we talked about repentance. This time, we're going to revisit Elohim's calendar as explained in Leviticus 23. They are the most set-apart times of the year. Like any special time, we need to prepare. Prepare our hearts and minds to do what is instructed for each holy time. If you don't know what to do, this is just a reminder. Let's get started. You can email us at redpiltorah at gmail.com. Follow us on redpiltorah.podbean.com. Find us at our new website, www.redpiltorah.com, as well as on Facebook, Twitter, Google Podcasts, Deezer, TuneIn, Spotify, Listen Notes, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And we want to send a special shout out to our listeners in Georgia and Iceland. Amen. At the time of this recording, we are in the month known as Elul. Now, it's a very special time to Hebrew people, the people in covenant with the Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because it's a time of preparation. Our Elohim's fall feasts are just around the corner. Mm -hmm. As we enter this most holy or set-apart time, I'm so grateful that the Father opened our eyes to His times. For so many years, we lived holy lives to the best of our knowledge, striving to walk upright before Elohim. When this time of year came around, it really didn't seem any different than any other time to me. I knew that the Jewish kids would get lots of time off from school, but I didn't know why, and I didn't really care. I figured they were doing their thing, and I was doing my thing. I know what you mean, Dad. Whatever the Jewish people were doing, it didn't seem to have anything to do with us. Maybe part of the challenge was us not realizing that the way we measured time was not the Father's way. I don't know if I had ever heard of the month of Elul before Yehovah opened our eyes. I agree that we were doing what we thought we were supposed to do. Our understanding of the scriptures were shaped by things we chose to believe, taught by people who we trusted. It's possible that they weren't informed about the Hebrew meaning and context of some of the scriptures. In any case, we learned what we what they taught us, and if we questioned it, it wasn't like we questioned it openly or aggressively. Sure, uh, I get it, Mama. Even in our own personal studies, we held to many of those concepts, and they skewed our understanding in a way. Speaking for myself, I had to repent for the anger I felt when my eyes began to open. I felt like I had spent so much time and energy in learning things that were, in some cases, not even in line with Scripture. Now, I feel like I'm the person in Matthew 13:44. That man found a great treasure in a field, and so he sold everything he had to buy the field. In my case, I got an incredible deal compared to the value of what I gave up. Me too, Dad. Jeremiah 16 Verse 19 through 21 sums it up really well. In Jeremiah, it says, Jehovah, my strength, my fortress, my refuge in time of trouble. The Gentiles will come to you from the ends of the earth saying, Our ancestors inherit nothing but lies, futile idols, completely useless. Can a person make himself gods? In fact, they aren't gods at all. Therefore, says Elohim, 
I will make the Gentiles know once and for all. I will make them know my power and my might. Then they will know that my name is Yehovah. I am now seeing, Tim, that many of the traditions that we thought were honoring Elohim weren't his ways at all. You're right, Mama. Only Elohim knew that we would personally experience the meaning of those scriptures, and we're still experiencing them to this day. Mm-hmm. Our listeners can go through some of our old podcasts to hear more of what we experienced and learned on our journey. We hope that you're blessed and filled with courage when you listen to Red Pill Torah. Mostly, we hope that you will act on what the Ruach HaKodesh says to you when you listen. Given the times that are fast approaching, our episode number six, titled God's Calendar, is a good one to listen to. Good point, Daddy. You mentioned the month we are in, the month of Elul. That means the holy time of Yom Teruah is right around the corner. And, pun intended, we don't know exactly the day or hour when it will be here. Check out our episode 7, titled Yom Teruah, for details on the connection to not knowing the day or the hour. We know that the month called Aviv is the first month of the year, as specified by Elohim in Exodus 12, verse 2. Elul is the name of the sixth month of the year. Leviticus 23, verse 24 tells us that on the first day of the seventh month, there is to be a memorial of blowing of trumpets, a set-apart or holy gathering. That is the day we call Yom Teruah. Verse 27 tells us that on the tenth day of the seventh month, there is to be a day of atonement, another set-apart gathering. From the first day of Elul to the tenth day of the seventh month, we have about 40 days. That number 40 has great meaning in scriptures. Sure does. Jewish people know that the number 40 represents change, transition, or renewal, as in a new beginning. In the scriptures, we see the number 40 associated with pivotal times in the lives of some of the great people in the Bible. The rains fell during the great flood for 40 days and 40 nights, creating a transition from a very wicked time to a divinely ordered reset for the entire planet. Mm-hmm. Genesis 25:20 tells us that Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah, transitioning into his time of building on the covenant legacy of Abraham. Moshe's life seemed to be divided into 40-year periods or segments. Acts 7 records the detailed testimony of Stephen, just before he was executed by an angry mob. Verses 23 through 27 tell us that Moshe was 40 years old when he killed an Egyptian oppressor for abusing an Israelite. That marked his transition from a life of royal privilege to Moshe's formally identifying with his Hebrew family. Verse 30 in the same chapter tells us that 40 years later, he saw the burning bush on Mount Sinai. That was Moshe's transition to ministry and leadership in the people of Israel. The number 40 appears other times in the life of Moshe and in the rest of scriptures. Moshe spent multiple notable 40-day periods on Mount Sinai, 40 days to receive the first set of tablets and 40 days to receive the second set of tablets. 
the nation of Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, transitioning from the unbelieving generation to the inheriting generation. Notably, Yeshua was in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, fasting. After his victory over Hasatan, his public ministry began in earnest. Also, in Acts 1, verse 3, we read that Yeshua was with his disciple for 40 days after his resurrection. Not long after he ascended, believers transitioned into the time of the Ruach HaKodesh, or the Holy Spirit. The pictures of Yeshua the Messiah are intricately woven throughout the entire Bible. If the number 40 has meaning in Yeshua's life and ministry, it's no wonder we see it in so many other places. What comes to mind for me right now is the meaning of this 40-day period between the first of Elul, or the month we're in right now, and Yom Kippur. Now, we know that being grafted into the covenants of Israel means that we have the privilege of knowing and being part of the Father's will for us at this time of year. Now's a time for introspection and drawing close to Elohim. We are to prepare ourselves for his set-apart times, which are right around the corner. Let's ask our listeners, what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and ignore the Father's holy times as if they don't apply to you? Or would you take the red pill and follow his instructions for his holy times? Only you can answer that question. Imagine, believing that since you are not under the law, his holy times, which he said are eternal ordinances, don't apply to you. Talk about a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. We say this to encourage you to prepare. As we have said many times before, we lived our lives that way for a long time, unaware and unprepared, as if these set-apart times of Jehovah were just for our Jewish brothers. The Father had mercy on us and opened our eyes, and we want to share that blessing with the world and to fill his house with believers from every group of people. Amen, Mama. One day, every believer will worship before the Father and the Lamb who was slain at his set-apart times. Mm -hmm. Now, we see no reason to wait until the Messiah's return to do that. We can start right now. Mama, let's talk a little more about our Elohim's calendar. There's a lot to know. I agree, Daddy. To start with, there are seven holy convocations, or appointed times. The exciting thing I learned about them was that each, appointed, each appointment was not just a miraculous event that happened in the past, but also a prophetic telling of our Messiah's ministry. Starting with Passover, or Pesach, this appointment tells of the supernatural deliverance of the children of Israel from slavery in Egypt by the hand of Jehovah. The blood of the Passover lamb that indicated who death should pass over is seen in Yeshua's sacrifice on the cross. Those who put their trust in his shed blood will have their sins forgiven and pass from death to life when he returns for his own. After Passover is unleavened bread. Unleavened bread is a seven-day feast where only food without leaven is eaten. The prophetic meaning fulfilled by Yeshua is that he is our bread of life. He was and is without sin, and his teachings, which are the same teachings that the Father teaches, are where we are to find our sustenance. Man does not live 
by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of Yehovah. Deuteronomy 8, verse 3. First fruit occurs on the first Sunday after Passover. On that day, the first of the ripe barley is waved before Yehovah in thanks for the harvest to come. Yeshua fulfilled this prophecy when he rose on the third day on first fruits, just like he said he would. And rising on this appointed time, he became the first fruit of those who would be raised from the dead. Fifty days after first fruits, Shavuot is the celebration of the wheat harvest and the next appointed time. It is the day when the Torah was given on Mount Sinai. Hundreds of years later, on this same date, the Ruach HaKodesh came to the disciples of Yeshua in Jerusalem. The Ruach HaKodesh is the promise of the Father spoken about by Yeshua in Luke 24, verse 49, which says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. These four appointed times of the Father represent the spring and summer feasts, but there's more. And we'll talk more about them next week. So I guess that's it for today's podcast. Please listen again to what we shared. Read over the scripture and discuss them with your family and friends. And thank you for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Tour, where you can handle the truth. truth.